0: Hello and welcome to our monthly Live Positive Get-Together. This time we are calling it a journey to the heart, a look at what we can do to help ourselves to connect to our tefillah in a different way. When we were together through the Think Positive program and we discussed blocks to receiving all the good that Hashem wants to give us, but that we sometimes uh, do things that get in the way and prevent ourselves from doing all that we can do to receive all that good. The first block that we mentioned is tefillah. Are we asking for it? Are we davening in the way that's going to make it most likely? Are we filling our obligation in tefillah? Are we fulfilling our potential in tefillah? And at that time we discussed also Adam Harisham, that the rain was withheld, that the grass seeds were just below the surface, waiting for the rain to come down. But but there was still no man to work the ground. Avoida should believe this is to feel that the man wasn't yet there. To be makir to to appreciate the good of the rain, to have gratitude for the good that the rain would be, and to therefore to understand that we needed the rain, as he did through nevuah, and then to ask that the rain should come down. And then, so once the rain would come down, and once the Yeshua would sprout, then he would thank the Rebbeinah shel elam for the rain. So, this it's a very natural process. This is how Adama Risha, and this is the paradigm for us to understand how to go about it, to notice there's something missing, and to allow ourselves to ask for it. And then, once we are receiving it, to thank a Kaddish Baruch Hu for having received. And this is how the Baruch Hu wants us to be, to walk down here in this world. And our service is service of the heart. So that's what we're going to be discussing today, Pesiat to Additionally. How to make it service of our hearts. So, just want to start with a couple of stories. Baruch Hashem, a friend, one of our, one of our friends from the community, call, uh, contacted me that, it was before Shavuos, that um, her husband was very down and, and, and a bit depressed. They have a number of boys of, uh, around, bar mitzvah age and not one of them he said would want to come to shul with him on shavuos night and he wasn't looking forward to shavuos at all it was in his mind it would just be another opportunity to highlight his failure as a father and as a man because who which kind of person which kind of jewish man doesn't have his children going with him to shul on shavuos night and this was the the wife was didn't know what to say to him she didn't know how to help him out so, based on the approach of Shlomo Freifeld, where he would always look for the lowest, meaning the smallest possible achievement that the young man could achieve in his yeshiva shah yashuv. And there, that's where he would begin from. You can learn one Gemara, learn the page of Gemara. You can't learn a Gemara, learn one chapter of Mishnah. You can't learn a whole chapter, learn one Mishnah. It would always go down to the very smallest amount that a person could learn successfully and take it from there. And so I said to her, okay, if your children are not up to going to nine, then you can inspire them at least to learn at home together. So she was a little bit reluctant in the beginning, stating that her husband is the he's the he's the decision maker in this home, and she didn't want to do something that might go, against what he wants. So, I said back to her that I didn't believe this was going against what her husband wanted. Her husband wanted the home to be somehow successfully learning Torah. And if they wouldn't, or if they didn't anticipate that there could be a successful Torah learning session happening in Shul on Shavuos night, then it's actually, his deepest desire is that they should be learning and if they can't do it in Shul, they should, they could at least do it at home. And she agreed with me, and so together we came up with some ideas that she could prepare some special treats that they would have at home, and that she would discuss with each child individually what they could learn and what they would like to learn themselves. And she began to anticipate Shavuos in a much more optimistic way. And soon after Shavuos, we were she she let me know what was what was happening, she, she remember to let me know, <laughs> um, that actually what had happened was she'd begun to feel more optimistic and happy about Shavuos and she went about preparing all kinds of special nush and one of her friends, one of her, I don't know if it's a friend or a colleague at work, is a table planner and she had set her whole table up for Shavuos before going to work a couple of days before she was and had taken pictures of what she'd done and shared it with, the, with her friends and colleagues. And so our friend saw what she'd done and decided, well, she could do something similar. So she went and, and brought and put together what she had at home, some very beautiful table settings and set the table, which really elevated the atmosphere, so you created a much more yawns and happy atmosphere in the home. And lo and behold, she said, When her husband went out to learn Shavua's night, her two older boys went with him. And she was left at home with her two younger children who enjoyed the special treats that she'd prepared. But, of course, there was no disappointment there. In fact, it it was even greater than she'd anticipated. She'd anticipated a nice learning session at home with them all. But even greater was that her husband was able to go off and learn successfully with the two boys and ended up with a wonderful satisfaction. And a, an inspiration that is actually elevating the whole family at this point. They all felt the togetherness of the Yom Tav and and look what look what a woman can do. She's not going against her husband Chassidishana. But this is but even where he where the husband is not able to do all that he wants to do for whatever reason. And sometimes it will be we that are a little bit down and our husbands lift us up. Sometimes it will be the husbands a little bit down and we have to lift them up. That's what a partnership is about. It's about give and take, sharing, and, and she was able to create the, the atmosphere, to create the background, which actually led to something even more beautiful than she would anticipated, which will give, give the husband a great sense of meaning and encouragement in his life. Another very beautiful story that a Lady just shared with me today on the phone, she called me. And she said like this, she has a, uh, they live in the States, and she has a, uh, she has a number, m- many children, but one particular, um, bacha, a, uh, I don't know whether he's 19, or, or 20, 18, something like that, and he wasn't learning successfully in Yeshiva in America, and they decided to send him to Eretz Yisrael, and find him a mentor, who would guide him and help him, here in Eretz Yisrael, and um, he, he came, he, he was in Italy for six months, and during that six months, that was when the mother began to take the Think Positive program. And she was hoping and anticipating that he would grow and steigen, and that he would leave the technology that was a, problematic in his life, and that he would really be able to separate himself from the very negative influences of some of his American friends. And the, the mentor in Israel in, in, in actually said to her that he'd never seen a boy progress so much in the months that they were together. They, um, they, he, he, somehow, he, it was arranged that he was going back home for Shavuos. And even though the parents were very concerned because the group of friends that he was hanging around with were a very negative influence on him, And they were concerned what would be if he would get back together with them. And as it happened, after he came back to America and met up with those friends, he did begin right away to deteriorate. And all kinds of behaviors that they told the mentor from Eretz Yisrael told him that he was no longer doing. But he began to do all kinds of things that he hadn't been doing all the months he with Eretz Yisrael. And when the mother saw him on Shavuos, there was a lot of pain. She was seeing him with a lot of pain because of this these behaviors that, that he was engaging in again, and after Yantsev, he was the the ticket was only for a few days after Yantsev for the Thursday after Yantsev, and he was spending some time with friends and hanging out with them, and he just simply couldn't tear himself away from these friends. The mother said to me, "It's like an addiction," she said. He was fine that he was drawn into them and he couldn't leave them. And he himself was, was, was torn. He himself was so eating himself up. He didn't like what he was becoming when he was with these friends. But he didn't have the strength to help himself out of it. Tuesday night, they had family Simcha. And they went along. And he basically told them, D- don't think that I'm going back. I'm going to stay. I'm not going back. Maybe you could change my ticket. And the mother, you know, as soon as he said that, the 8th Sahara right away wanted to make her to feel down, low, depressed, but she started to say in her mind, Be'ez HaShem is going back, no problem. You know, right now he's going, is he, torn. He's going through a real inner struggle. But Be'ez HaShem, he's going to be flying back on Thursday with, with a ticket. So Wednesday, she, she was in touch with the mentor of as well and he said, look, get one of your married sons not to go to Karla on Wednesday, but to rent some bicycles, take him out for the day, you know, really have a good time. So they, um, that's what, that's what the the brother did. He rented bicycles, they went out for the day and every now and again, this married son would call back home and said, mommy, you know, he's saying he has no intention of flying back. I don't know what's going to be. She said, don't worry. He's going to go. Don't worry about it. Okay. She was in touch with the with the, with the mentor from from Marysville, and he said, "Yeah, don't worry, just 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 keep going." And throughout the day, things uh, she she packed his suitcase while he was out, and she arranged the taxi to take him to the airport. And uh, okay, she kept on moving along, even though he didn't seem so keen. Actually, the flight was the flight was Wednesday night. Wednesday night was the flight, and he spent the whole day out riding with his brother. Well, he walked in the door at, ah, no, so at, uh, at around 5 o'clock. They were supposed to leave. The timing is important. They were supposed to leave to go to the airport at 3.30. The flight was at 7. And at, like, 2.30, the married brother was saying, okay, you know, it's late, we have to head back home. And the brother was uh, like, I'm not going, I'm not going, I can't go. I said I was going to buy gifts for everybody and I didn't go buying everything. The brother said, no problem, I'll take you right now. And they went driving around a little bit. They went to some stores. He brought all the gifts. And then they walked in the door. When, the, when this young man saw that his suitcases were packed, he said, no way, I'm not going. Forget about it. And the, the, she said her, her husband's face was white as a wall. Her, the brother's faces were white as a wall. And she said... She felt Kodesh Baruch Hu giving her inner strength, and she smiled. She just said, okay, don't worry about a thing. And in her mind, she was saying, Be'ez Hashem is going to be, he's going to be flying. He, he's going to be on that flight. He's going to be going. And she didn't even know where she got that inner strength from, but she just felt that she had this imuna within, that somehow he was going to be going. Okay? Meanwhile, he's like, I'm not going anywhere the suitcases were all packed. He said, I'm not going anywhere. And the taxi drew up to take him to the airport. He said, I'm not going. I'm not going. At that point, another one of her sons called up and said, what's happening? And she told him what was happening. He said, look, don't send the taxi away. It's now 3.30. Keep the taxi until 4.30. Don't let it go away. He said, okay. She said, you know, he was still very stubbornly, like, I'm not going, forget about it, I'm not going anywhere. He was, he was so torn. But the mother said, I'm not going to make him feel that I'm sending him away. I know it's the best thing for him. I know he's, he's in such a, a bad place over here because of these friends. That, and he was doing so well with his mentor, his trial, he really had to go back. And she was saying to herself as well, that I know he's going to be going, I know he's going to fly. And if, for whatever reason, it wouldn't work out, it's only because it's going to be the best thing for him and for me. That would be the only reason why Hashem would make it, that he wouldn't go on the plane. But I'm, I'm feeling confident, I'm sure, that he's going to be gone. Okay, time passed and, and, and the, the husband and the brothers are all white as, as, as sheets and they're just walking around not knowing what to do because they know how bad it would be if he would stay. And the husband's saying, I, I don't have coffee to stay, Bichla, I can't deal with him home. And the boy himself is stubborn and he, he walked out, he stormed out of the house and disappeared. And they're all, what's going to be? What's going to happen? She said, he's going to go. Don't worry about a thing. He's going to go. Okay, taxi's outside. She said, at 4.28, he walked in the door, said, I'm going, but no one's coming with me. Don't bother coming with me. I'm going by myself. He put the suitcases into the car, climbed in. They gave him some money, and he drove off. It was a very ugly and, 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 and not... Uh, you know, it wasn't a pleasant way that, that, that he left and they, they, they really felt very torn about this whole thing. So quickly the mother called the mentor from, from Eretz Israel and asked him, you know, what does he think? He said, right away, you take a taxi yourself and drive and meet him at the airport. They had another brother who was in the area of the airport. They called him and he got to the airport before the younger brother got there. And he was there and he said to him that, you, you know, Mom and Dad, you're coming. And they got there in a taxi and they went there and they were able to say a meaningful and, 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 and you know, to, to be there for him as he left. And the final departure was much, much, much better. And he was on that flight and he left. And the next day she spoke to the men of Meretz Israel and he said to her that, he, this, the, the, the young Bach had come back. He said, I have to make a neder. I have to make a promise that I'm not going to step foot in America for another three years. Because he understood how, how much these bad friends were drawing him in and how poisonous it was for him to be with them and how powerless he was against them and how important it was that he stay away and give himself the chance to really become strong, to really become the person that he could be before allowing himself to get back. And all of the family were astonished at the mother. How could she be so calm? And she said she didn't even know herself how she did it, but a Kodesh Baruch organized it. The fact there was staring at her in the face. He's just declaring he's not going. The taxi was waiting. He'd disappeared. And the, 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 the ticket was planned for that day. And they'd put so much effort into just paying for the ticket and all the, what they'd shelled out for the events of the day. And there he was off and they didn't know what was going to be. But her emunah kept the whole family going and at the very last second just two minutes before she told the taxi to to disappear then he walked in the door and then he went off now clearly it's not the end of the story and this is also part of our part of what we have to understand in this world is that we're not necessarily going to know when the end of the story is going to be the meaning the end meaning the beautiful resolution where everything just fits into place and, and, and he's back and he's got a beautiful Torah home. It's the, the, the incremental steps along the way, the emunah and the tefillah that we pour in at every stage. That's the point of this journey. And the emunah that this mother showed and felt, that, is a, uh, that creates the cornerstone of the whole family. Everybody gets to feel and everybody gets to, to grow up in the in the overflowing imuna that this that this mother shared with through, through this experience. So she she said that her husband said that he, he said you're a different person he said but I'm a different person through this journey that you're travelling along. He'd seen so many changes in her and Baruch Hashem in the family through this journey. Okay. So let's talk about the heart. Let's talk about Tefila and Avodah So I'm, go, I'm going to share with you some words of Rav Asha of Stalin. This is one of the previous stalin Rabbis, And these words are, are written in the beginning of the Kalin Siddurim. The, the Seyed HaYom. How should a Yid prepare for his day? And he says like this, the whole Seder the whole direction of the day, the order of the day, depends on the Avodah Shebeleith, on the Tefillah of that day. Each day, the Avodah of that day, and each Shabbos, the Tefillah of that Shabbos. And each day is judged with the Klal and the Prat, the general and then the specifics of that day. The Avodah Shebalev is the general preparation for every day. And the details of how that day unfolds is the specifics. And everyone can know and can recognize from how his day unfolds what he was able to accomplish in his tefillah of that day. Because the way that the general and the specifics work together are such that Whatever you find in the specifics can only be whatever you have put into the general. Meaning, you cannot have more hashkacha practice, or more satadish maya in your day than, you, than what can come out from the tefillah with which you began your day. HaKol Achaha of believe Everything transpires based on the service of the heart that every year arouses within himself. And then, he brings various different details about Avodah Shebeleiv, but I'm got, we're going to specifically today in our journey to the heart, focus on one specific aspect of tefillah. Avodah Shebeleiv besimcha, Tefillah, service of the heart through simcha, with happiness, is a general piece of advice for every piece of the day. That if, the tefillah of a person is mixed in with sadness and grief, then all during his day he will need to come on to all kinds of tricks and tools to help himself throughout the day. But And this is a hinted to in the Pasuk, How can I help? How can I seek advice to my soul? I have grief in my heart. So he's understanding this, that if we have grief in our hearts, meaning if our tefillah in the morning was mixed with grief, then we're going to have to come up with all kinds of tricks to help ourselves through the day. But when we have happiness in our hearts, this protects and shields throughout our days and throughout our experience. So, He's talking about every single Jew. We know that there are many variances of opinion about the obligation, the the, the rabbinic obligation of women to daven. The Chazon Ish held that women should daven three tefillos a day, three Shmona Esres a day, Shacharis Minchan Meiris. And that's how Rebbe Zankanevsky feared herself and she encourages women to do the same. Having said that, we know that the Prophet Chaim's wife didn't have any official to feel it from a Siddur whilst she was raising her children. And many of you, I'm sure, have read the book Holy Woman about Reverend Chayt Sara Kramer, that when, during the years when she was raising the many handicapped children that she took in and adopted, she didn't have time. For official tefillah from a siddur, but she was constantly in a massive of tefillah. She was constantly turning to a kaddish baruch Hu with prayer. The Rambam discusses how the original prayer looked. It was conversation with a kaddish baruch Hu. Before the base hamikdash and during the time of the base, the two base batei hamikdash, there was no tefillah tikkun tikkunai in our our in our present format of siddurim. But, ha'mamarbe was marbeh and the mitzvah was mitzvah. One who had lots of words to say would pour out lots of words of tefillah, and one who had less words of tefillah to say would daven less. But the point here is that everybody had to daven. The mitzvah of tefillah is written in the Torah that we need to call to the Kodesh Baruch Hu, for all of our needs. And this is a mitzvah the writer that turning to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, to ask for what we need. This is tefillah. And whether it's a small bakasha, please Hashem, make the children enjoy what we eat, enjoy the food I'm making, maybe be successful when they go out to learn. A pasak eloch, when the children leave the house, this is a tefillah. Let me get the bus Kaddish Baruch Hu. Okay, all of these are tefillah. And that we should begin our day with a tefillah to a Kadosh Baruch a bekasha to Kadosh Baruch a request for Sei for help during our day. Whether we say it through from our tefillah from a siddur, or whether we say it in our own words to Kadosh Baruch a Jewish woman has throughout history been connected to a Kadosh Baruch through tefillah. But says that as Torah learning is the is the direct line of a man. But the tefillah of a woman is, is her makam kavur. That's her special place. Even though, of course, men have to daven too. And women learn a lot in order to be able to fulfill all that we need to fulfill. But the tefillah is our special connection, our special place. There's a direct line from our hearts to Kaddish Baruch Hu, but it goes through our mouths. And so we have to ask ourselves, why in our times? Do we not have the same kind of connection, the same outpouring of tefillah, and how can we? And what's the connection of simcha to tefillah? And then how can we help ourselves to fill our tefillah with simcha, so that we will feel the hashpaas, the influence of that tefillah, of that simcha in our tefillah throughout our days? So what we're understanding is that if we can garner happiness in our hearts through some measure of the fear that we say in the morning, this is going to be a a general piece of advice, a way to help ourselves, to give ourselves inspiration, protection. It will create an uplift of the heart throughout the day. It's a bit like taking a happiness pill, a slow-release happiness pill. And this is serious. It's like a shining light that is going to release itself throughout our day. The beginning is in our hands. Avodah Shebeleiv B'Simcha. Now, the truth is, it seems to us, possibly initially, that Avodah Shebeleiv and Simcha might be two opposites. When we have the picture of somebody davening a heartfelt tefillah, we see them crying, we see them pouring it all out with some kind of tears, and we think that this is some kind of, of, of official sadness, and that if I'm not feeling this outpouring of tears, I didn't get it right, that this is not the right kind of tefillah, and so I think that since I'm not getting it right, then I don't really have that connection to tefillah. But this is not accurate at all. So let's first of all clear, clear this up. That we we understand that a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants a broken heart. There's nothing so whole as a broken heart. The tefillah of the broken hearted nishbar lay That a Kaddish Baruch Hu does not rebuff the tefillah of the broken hearted. So in that case, broken heartedness sounds a lot like sadness and grief. Yes, to the uninitiated. So let's initiate ourselves into the understanding of what does it mean to be brokenhearted. Well, let's examine what does it mean to be broken. What does it mean when something breaks? Something breaks when it comes up against a situation such as impact for which it is not strong enough to withstand. Okay? Clearly a China or... or, um, earthenware vessel, if it, if it bangs against the floor, if it falls, it's going to break. It's not strong enough to withstand the impact. If we use a, uh, a machine or digital machinery in, in, in ways that it's not prepared for, it will break. So the definition then of brokenness is when it comes against something that it cannot do, it's not up to it. It's beyond its limitation. So we, in our lives, we frequently believe that we're supposed to be able to manage. We're supposed to be able to handle everything in our life. This is actually Giver. If I think that little old me, that I'm able to handle the world, I think I'm Atlas, I'm going to be able to hold the world on my shoulders. When my children are little, my, my husband has this little game he plays with them, where he has a bunch of toys and he hands one to the little child, let's say they're three or four, and they hold it, and then he gives them another one in their hand. So they, they put it in their other hand, and then he gives them another one. They hold out their hand, they take it, and then they have to kind of find place in their arm to hold this, and then he gives them another one, and he sees how many do they think they can hold. So this is what a Kodosh Barclay does to us. He says, here, catch, and he sends something to us, and then he, said, we say, he says, okay, catch, and then he gives us another one, and then he gives catch, and, and we're like, oh, oh my gosh, now where am I going to put this one? Catch, and then he's still, they're still coming at us, catch, 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 because kind of Rock throwing all of these different things at us, and we're like, ooh, I can't. What you think you could until now? You thought that until now you were doing it, and at this point you can't? The point is to understand that from the very beginning, I can't. The end of Tehillim, of Melech, says the words to halaluka. Every breath should praise Hakadosh Baruch and Rashi says on this and call every single breath should praise Hashem. And Rav Asha Freund says, in this understanding, that a Yit throughout various situations in life finds himself in a place where he says. I can't, I just can't, I can't go through this, I don't know how I'm going to manage. And even as he wakes up in the morning, he wonders to himself, how could it be that I woke up this morning? My life is in such a massive, that it's impossible for me to survive this. And yet he sees, he's surviving, he's still breathing. And at some place within himself, he has to understand that the breath, that the cough to continue, is not coming from him. But it's coming kind of from a place beyond him. It's coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who gives us strength every moment. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu sometimes needs to send us to that place in order that we should realize that even from the very beginning, it wasn't that we were holding ourselves up. But only once we got to that place of I can't, where we're broken, this situation is too big for me. That's the leiv nishbar v'nirka. That's the brokenness. I cannot do this. I am nothing. But the truth is, and the good news is, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu can. And a Kaddish Baruch Hu is everything. And as the Maral says, a Kaddish Baruch Hu is the life force within us. And he is always there. And as the Chavez Chalabavos explains to us, he wants to help. He's devoted to us. And he's always looking for ways to help us. He never leaves us. We are never alone, even in the middle of this situation. And so the purpose of these difficulties, of these all kinds of situations where we ask ourselves, what am I going to do next? How can I survive the next step? is to be broken. It's to get to that point where I say, I'm nothing. I'm a, I'm a broken clay. I, I cannot do this. And to say to Kodesh Baruch Hu, you, you do this. I'm turning to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The, so the element then to recognize here is that this is not a contradiction to Simcha. A baby in its mother's arms doesn't feel grief and sadness that it can't feed itself. On the contrary, the baby is delighted and happy that here is mommy, mommy, soft and yummy and warm and nice and loving. The baby doesn't, is not missing anything and doesn't feel any grief. The baby knows that she, the baby is nothing. The baby knows that the mommy is everything. And is totally given over to mommy. Just lies there in total bliss in mommy's arms. Even though they are helpless. And this is the kind of simcha that we can feel within ourselves as we come to tefillah. That we are helpless, but we're in mommy's arms. We don't have a way out, but Hashem does. And so, we're going to take a look through the tefillah, through the siddha, to get for ourselves ideas from the tefillah, from the morning prayers, where we can find uh, uh, sweets of happiness, where little where the Akadosh Baruchah, the and, and the 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 Anteekoness the, the, HaGadoyla, they put everything into the tefillah in order to ar- give us the opportunity to arouse all of the positive emotions. The emotions of of Imuna and Bitachan, of faith and of trust and of Simcha and of happiness and of forgiveness and of generosity and all of the positive traits and feelings that we discussed in all of our time together. But we're focusing specifically today on Simcha. Anyone, any questions or anything to say before we look a little bit more into the tefillah? Ladies on the line? Okay. So, if you'd like to get out your siddha, you can. Don't have to. I'm going to be looking at specific psukim verses in our tefillah that have the potential to arouse within us simcha. And my point here is not that we have to daven every single word with kavana uh, and to have the intention every time we say all of these words, because we know ourselves and we know that to, to maintain a constant state. Of awareness and involvement and kavana in our tefillah is, is a ve- is a very great level and it may possibly be beyond what we're what we're capable of doing. But my so my what is what is my goal then? My goal is that I'll share enough little pieces of of uh, of gems of simcha within our tefillah that when you pass them by, when you next do open up your siddur, or when you pass them by when you open up your tehillim. Because so much of our, so much of our, of the words of tefillah are taken from David and Melech, Tehillim. That when you, if you open up Tehillim and you say a couple of, of, of kapitlach, or if you do have time and you can say tefillah as it's written in the Siddur, that when you pass these ideas, you'll help yourself to grasp onto the simcha in those Psukim, And even a little bit of simcha is simcha. Even a little bit of Simcha in our Avodah Shebeleiv in the morning is going to shine a bright light. It's going to be that time-release capsule that we've, that we've taken into ourselves that's going to release itself throughout the day. So even a little bit more Simcha in our Avodah Shebeleiv is going to have tremendous payoff throughout our lives. Here, I'm just going, again, I'm just going to pick verses here and there and concepts to help ourselves. His halu b'shem kadosh yismach leiv Hashem. Take 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 praise in the name of Hashem. The, those who seek Hashem are those who have, who are happy hearted. Happy hearted are those who seek Hashem. Why can we be happy hearted? Because those who seek Hashem are going to find Him we know that midah keneged midah, the more we seek out a Kaddish Baruch the more he's going to be found for us. And so we can, it's not that we're on a, uh, uh, you know, that we're following a red herring, or that we're on a never-ending trail to nowhere, but the more that we seek a Kaddish Baruch we will find that simcha, because we're going to be successful. So He's going to help us to, yes, succeed, and to come close to him. We know that This is in the Mizmo Shei Hanukkah You turned my sadness into dance. You opened up my bag of troubles. And you strengthened me with simcha. That we, we, even if we find that we're in a situation that is painful, but a Kadosh Baruch Hu is going to strengthen us and turn it into dance and enable us to feel that Simcha. We another aspect of Tefillah is, and another aspect of brokenheartedness is pain. There is a certain pain in that brokenness, and so just a couple of words about pain. We we've understood that pain is different than suffering. We've discussed this throughout the program that we've been together. Many people, the world says that necessity is the mother of invention. But I would say differently, that pain is the mother of invention. And in fact, pain is the, is the raison d'etre of all marketing. The marketing strategy that various companies adopt is to try and isolate and identify what is the pain that their customer, their potential client has. And they want to try and make you feel that pain. And then they want to make you believe that they are going to have the answer to get you out of that pain. Because if you don't feel pain, you're not going to make any move. The only reason why we get out of bed in the morning is because there would be greater pain for us to stay in bed than to get out. Again, clearly we don't feel pain right away, but the pain of being late, the pain of not achieving, all of that would be too much for us. And so we decide to get out of bed. The pain of, of, uh, of, of not having relationships creates the need for relationships. And sometimes the pain of certain relationships sends us at, to, to find other help. But the, the reason why we have pain is actually to cause us to turn to Kodesh Baruch Hu. All lack is in order that we should feel the, the, the pain of, the, of, the, of what's missing and then turn it in prayer to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. understood that there was something missing. He felt the pain of the world that was missing the rain, that was missing the grass. That, that no life could exist if there was nothing for them to eat. Grass is going to be the, the, food, the, the, the initial food for all life. And with that pain, he turned it into tefillah, and a Kaddosh answered it. So feeling pain is not bad. We, we, we recognize this most clearly when it comes to childbirth. Childbirth, by all accounts, is a great pain. Having said that, you don't see women depressed in childbirth, even whilst they're in pain. They're not sad that they're in pain. There's, there might be an excruciating situation but they're not sad. There's a certain inner happiness that they know what they're going through. And even if we talk about going to the dentist, it might be painful, but people are not depressed at the dentist. They're usually glad that they're getting it over with and they're looking forward to having it done so that their teeth can now be, be healthy and they can be pain free. So pain does not necessarily mean that I'm, that I'm sad or that I'm, I'm, I'm grieving. So the pain can be turned into closeness. It hurts, but I'm with you, Hashem. It hurts, but I know that you are the co- are the source of my Yeshua, and this is an, a theme that goes all the way through Tefillah. You, Hashem, put us into Golus. You put us into a situation where we feel pain. Even the Hafach to Mispadila you turned my grief to dance. So who who created the grief in the first place? Who created the pain? the gollus, in the first place, that then Hashem took us out of its rhyme, that then Hashem split the sea for us? And the answer is that without any pain, without that brokenness, without feeling that I'm nothing, we would never recognize the Kaddish Baruch As long as we're never in pain, as long as everything is going along hunky-dory and everybody's fine, then we would never turn around and ask, where's Hashem? Who is He in my life? And how did I manage until now? Only when there is a pain injected into our life situation. Then we start to look, question, and then we can forge a relationship with a Kurdish Hu. And it said to many Holocaust survivors that years afterwards, they felt a they felt that what something missing in their lives was the level of closeness that they experienced to a Kaddish Baruch Hu during the war years. That the intensity of the of the painfulness of the situation forged a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu in a way that no other situation could. And uh, I'm reminded of a situation of a, of a young woman who went through a childbirth and she was, Baruch Hashim, she prepared herself with Emuna B'Tachim with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And at the time leading up to delivery, there were different complications came up. And the room, she said, was filled with so many doctors you couldn't see the floor. And everybody around was panicking and she, she felt herself that she was, she, her spirit was kind of, not that she had an out-of-the-body experience, but she felt that she was sort of hovering above the room, in a way, meaning she was totally alive and there, but that in her mind, she wasn't there with everybody else, but she was above it all, looking down, and saying that Hashem is with Hashem, is going to make this pass, and she felt the closer to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, through the intensity of that moment, that now, when she listens to the guided imagery, anticipates success from Hashem, when I say, Think of a time when you felt Hashem's hand in your life. That's where she reminds herself of. That time where she was so closely bound to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That, that, and that how he came through for her. Baruch Hashem, the child, was born healthy and and she recovered. And now she returns to that moment at the time of great closeness to Hashem. So we can remind ourselves of that understanding throughout Tefillah. When we say... I I praise you, Hashem, because you lifted me up and didn't allow my enemies to rejoice over me. But Hashem sent the enemies. And this is, again, the scene that goes throughout Tefillah. You sent enemies to me. But the Melech is not focusing on the fact, why did you send me so many enemies, Hashem? But you lifted me up and you didn't let my enemies overcome me. And I thank you for this. A Kodesh, David el is always understanding that any situation that Hashem sends him is in order that he can experience more closeness and more connection with the Kaddish Baruch La Hashem yeshua al-Amcha If we need a Yeshua and if we are suffering in any way, we've come to the right place. It says in Tefillah. La Hashem yeshua HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings about all the Yeshua's. He's the one. So, we, when, we, when we open our, tef- our tefillah and we, 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 we read any phrase that reminds us that Hashem is the one in charge, that Hashem has got the Yeshua, that Hashem is coming to save us, it's to remind ourselves that this is who Hashem is for us. Hashem is the Baal Habayi of the entire world. Hashem is the one that, yes, brings about the Yeshua's. Hashem is the one that... If, any, if this child is going to go back to Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael and going to succeed in life, it's not going to be me. It's not going to be the mentor. It's not going to be the status that we do. It's going to be a Kaddish Baruch himself who's organizing all of the events of this happening. If I want my children to, to go to shul and, and, and learn, or if I want them to have a positive of experience, even if they're going through various challenges in Chedah, it's not going to be me that makes the difference, but it's going to be hoping to Hashem, because He is the one that is save all the Save of Him. And so this can be a deep source of simcha for us that we have to whom to turn. El Yerot says that in Tefillah there, there are two, uh, two sort of sister phrases that seem to go hand in hand. In our Tefillah. In the, in the chapter in Tefillah in the morning, where it begins, May the honor of Hashem be forever. Hashem takes pleasure. Hashem is te- it will have simcha in his deeds, in his creation. That a Kodesh Baruch who has simcha with us in some way that is, inscrutable for us how can we understand the Simcha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for us? but the Arachayim says that there are three levels of Nachas to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. the lowest level of Nachas is the the Malachim the Malachim who are so perfect who we describe in great detail in the Baruch of Kriya Shema we describe Kulam Ahuvim, Kulam Berurim, all of these Melachim, these Meshastim, the the servants who serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu, completely, totally. They are perfect. They are beloved and clear. They're strong and holy. They all do his bidding with Ahava and Yira, with love and fear. They open their mouth in holiness and purity, in song, and they bless and they praise. Okay? These incredible creations of a Baruch Hu that we describe here in the book of Shachah, in, in the I'm sorry, in the bracha of in the in the first Bracha of Krishna, they give Hashem the lowest level of Nacha. Who gives Hashem the next highest level of Nacha? Are the Nishamas of the Tzaddikim in the next world? The Nishamas of Belimelech Mulzensk, of Sara Imenu, of the Vilna Gon of the Roget Shavagon, of, of Rachel Imeinu, of Avram Avinu, of Moshe Rabbeinu, of David the Then the shamans in the next world are giving Hashem a higher level of Nechas than that of the Malachim. Now this is interesting. The Malachim are always holy, pure. They never made any mistakes. They never fell. And yet, mere mortals who have been in this world, they're Neshamas are giving Hashem in the next world a higher level of Nachas. But wait, who gives Hashem even more nachas than those two levels? Explains the Arachaim. Ha Nishamas Basar, these Neshamas, Klal Yisrael, who are presently alive in physical bodies, we give Hashem even more nachas than these Malachim. And this is part of what can give us simcha as we read the descriptions of the malachim. It's not supposed to make, give us a chush a dad, to make us think, well, I can never be. Cool. Uh, I can't serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu with such Ava and yerah constantly. I'm not a malach, so how can I do anything that's worth anything? We, have, we can take a great simcha from knowing that beyond the malachim is the kind of nachas that we give Hashem. Yismach Hashem B'masov. Be- Baruch Hu takes great pleasure in in with us. Hashem has a happiness with us. And the sister phrase is a little bit further along in the in the Zimra, in the capital to Shiru Shirul Shir Chadosh. Sing Tashem a new song. In the second pasik in that verse, in that chapter to Yismach Israel Ba'isov. Yisrael has simcha in the one who made them. That Hashem takes simcha with us, and we have simcha with Him. And these two psukim are pivotal psukim in psuk de zimra Hashem is having a great simcha with us, and we are having a great simcha with Him. Just like the Chos Kala in the first year where... They're devoted to each other. They're discovering their new love for Ezra Hashem. And as I mentioned one time that uh, soon after one of my daughters was married, I was speaking to her headmistress from her school days. And she was Tov. she'd come to the Hashem, and she said, yes, you know, my mother always said that they give them a little bit of wine at the chuppah, and then they're drunk for a year. Yes, that's the way it should be, drunk on each other, drunk on, on young, fresh love. But this is the kind of love that we can share together with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Hashem is so happy with us. We, are, we can be so happy with Hashem. And this is part of what we can arouse within ourselves through tefillah. And again, it doesn't have to be through a whole entire shachos if we don't have time for it. But if we can pull out phrases that are going to give us this, this time-release happiness throughout our days, this Yitzmach Yisrael I'm, I'm Yisrael, and I'm trying to take pleasure and Simcha in a Baruch Hu. This is the kind of tefillah. This is what it means, tefillah. Tefillah doesn't mean I'm standing there sobbing in the corner. As a I mean tefillah with sadness is going to give me all kinds of trouble during my day. My mitzvah is to try and invest as much happiness as I can and try and and, and suck out and chew all the little seeds and and, and sweets of happiness that are scattered throughout the words of tefillah in order to help myself to feel them. Let's stop a second and ask ourselves some more questions. Because when we start to discuss tefillah, frequently... We find ourselves blocked in some way. We find that we think that, well, who am I that my tefillah should be answered? I'm nothing. Does it really make a difference if I dab in? I think, well, Hashem's going to, my, my day is just going to unfold anyway. Why does it matter? And we don't, we don't really realize how important we as, you, you as individuals are. So we doubt the power of tefillah itself, and we doubt ourselves. With tefillah. And we don't believe in Hashem's love for us, how much He wants to hear from us. So let's, let's discuss these a little bit. We know, as it says in the Tehillim. why do we know? Because I mentioned it in class. And so again, I don't expect you to remember everything that I've said, but I'm just saying that I'm now repeating something that we have learned together. In and the toldo says in the name of, 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 uh, of the Baal Shem Tov that the Kodesh who sits and dwells between our lips waiting to hear what's going to come out of our mouth. And that in, the, in a person's humility, in the way that he looks at himself as nothing, he might come to, to totally belittle his tefillah and he might say, what difference does it make whether I daven or not? But he says every year it has to know that he is a ladder with his feet on the earth and his head, the top, reaches up into the heavens. As we've discussed, the Nefesh Achayim says that HaKadosh that Baruch Hu created walls upon worlds. And, I'm starting to read to you the Nefesh Second. Man Second. Create, Hashem created man and put him in charge of thousands of powers and worlds, that he should lead them according to his deeds, speech, and thought. For good O Chas the opposite. He, man, maintains, gives strength, holiness, and light. O Chas destroy. That our words of tefillah are actually giving holiness and light to those very malachim. When I say, Yismach Yitzchua Ba'isav, I'm actually activating the koyach of myself to, 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 have, to feel that simcha. And when I say, Yis, yismach Hashem by myself, I'm activating that I could feel the simcha that a kodesh baruchu has with me. I'm actually giving kedusha and light to all of those worlds when I say these words. So not only am I helping myself, but I'm actually generating more bracha for the entire world. And this is a tremendous source of simcha to me. Everybody, every person wants to know they're doing something meaningful. They want to know that they're engaging in something that's important. There's almost nothing more important than being a partner with the Kaddish Baruch in creation and saying the words of holiness, of tefillah, of a, a, one of tehillim of David and Melech, brings light and holiness. And, and, and power to all of the worlds. And yes, we are the ones doing that. There's tremendous simcha in that. yid, he might be feeling weak, he might even be feeling sick, he might be exhausted, but if he is just simply sitting on the couch, doesn't have the strength to do anything else, but he opens his mouth for the tafila to the Rebunah elam and he says one, capital Tehillim of David HaMelech, he is, Maintaining, giving kedusha, strength, and holiness to all of the world, and this can give us a deep inner simcha. And again, this is a theme all throughout our tefillah. That in everything that we say, we can sense and we can feel a satisfaction and a simcha that I am participating in the maintenance, and not only the maintenance, but the kedusha, the holiness, the light of all of the world. And this is true, and this is real. So we doubt ourselves, okay, so tefillah is powerful, but me, who am I? And we, the reason why we say me, who am I, is because we know who we are, we know our faults, we know all the evolutions that we've done from the beginning of time, and we say to ourselves, why should my tefillah be, be any good? My tefillah, the tefillah of someone like me, is no good at all. So I want to read to you the words of Rav Mordechai Milechovich. He was the 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 Rav in uh, before the Slonimer line. He's the the the, the Elta Rebbe of the uh, of the Slonema, Tyrus, and Rebbe's. He says on the phrase that we say in 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 in, uh, in Tehillin, Sur may Rav ase toiv, Right? Sur me Rav What does it mean? He says. At the time that you're doing something good, when, you're, when your eyes say toiv, when you're doing good, it should be in your eyes as if. Now, whenever we read such a phrase, we understand this means imagine. Use your imagination as if. Create a scenario within yourself as if. It should be as if you were surme rakha yamecha, u me asita as if you are a person who has never done anything bad in his whole life, and that you avoided anything bad your entire life. So this Sur rav Ba'asei Toiv means that in your mind, pretend to yourself as if you were always Sur rav, as if you never did anything wrong, so that when you're when you do the Asi Toiv, K'dayi Shetuch so that when you come to do the Asay Taif, you can do it with simcha. What he's teaching us here, Mordechai Melechovich, is that one of the reasons why we don't feel simcha in our tefillah is because we doubt its power, because we doubt who we are. Because we think that the tefillah from such a person as me can't be of any great importance, it doesn't really mean anything, and I'm no good, and I've done all this bad, so what's my tefillah worth? But, He says, here, when you come to tefillah, when you come to do the ashtaytayt of tefillah, pretend to yourself as if you've never done anything bad in your life. Anything that you, even that you did, pretend you didn't do it. This is official avoidance Hashem. This is not denial. And it doesn't mean we're never going to do teshuvah. Of course not. Of course we're going to do teshuvah. But pretend to yourself that you never did anything wrong, in order that you can feel the kind of simcha that's so important for you to feel when you daven. So, as we approach tefillah, we can pretend to ourselves that we're perfect. We are perfect when we stand to daven, in our minds, and that will help ourselves to have the kind of approach to tefillah that will help. us. Now, as Yashir, Moshe Ubane when we talk about Az Yashir, we clearly, all of you who, who have listened to the guided imagery for, for Pesach, and we imagined ourselves crossing the Yamsuf, so we do have an inner scenario for ourselves of what we can think about as we, as we say the words of the Az Yashir. And the, the wonder is that every single day anew, we are expected to imagine the scene of Christyansus. This is clearly a very important part of tefillah. So much of tefillah is tied up with the images and the story of Yitzis Mitzrayim. Yitzis Mitzrayim and B'Rez Ha'Elam. Atahu Hashem l'vadecho. All of the discussion throughout Tehillah. And again, here, I'm not going to take out specific phrases. But we're talking about themes that go through Tefillah. That there's a theme of Bria of, Ha'ilah, of and there's a theme of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim that we mention over and over and over and over again. And how can, this, how can these joint themes, Help us to simcha. Well, clearly, when I'm thinking about that, I am the I am here able to approach the Rabbani Hashem who created the entire world. If we can allow ourselves for a few seconds, is all it takes. At some point, when we say one of these phrases about Briyas, Hashem, about the Kadosh Baruch Hu making the Shamayim. About the Kosh Hu, how He made everything. When we, when we can, when we can allow ourselves, <speaking in Hebrew> All of these phrases that, that, that help us to, that that are describing to us the wonders of creation. If we can allow ourselves to think a little bit that we are given direct access to the Master of all worlds, Reb Weinberg's Weinberg in his conversations to fresh bali chuva frequently the Aish boys who came in they were adventure seekers often the, the boys that came to Tara were they they come they come from all kinds they they were hiking they engaged in intense kinds of sports and they loved skiing and they loved bungee jumping and, and so rav, rav Nayak was trying to grab them with spiritual power And so he would say to them, you want an experience? You want a real powerful experience? He said, we have this little booth over here that you can go in and you can have a direct conversation with the creator of all of the universe. This is an experience that is actually mind-blowing. And we engage in such direct conversation with the of Aylam and we can on an almost constant basis, almost because we can't when we're in the bathroom. When we're not in the bathroom, we can engage in a constant dialog with the creator of the entire world. And this is Yismach Yisobo This is a tremendous simcha. I, this little ant, I can have constant conversation. I can't speak to the Queen of England. I can't speak to the President of the United States. I, I, I have no barely access to the Mayor of Beitar. But to the Rabbani Shalai'lam, to the creator of everything, not only do I have direct access, but, says the Chazan Ish, the words of the Chazan Ish, as, 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 uh, he says, the Chazan Ish writes, in, a, in one of his letters, toiling in Torah is an eternal acquisition for the soul. And the main thing is to precede Torah with Tefillah. Okay, this is interesting. The main thing is to precede Torah with Tefillah. Tefillah comes before the success in Torah, and then he says the avoda of davening. What actually is the work of our hearts during davening? This is the avoda of davening, says the chazal Ish, is to picture how Hashem hears our words and listens to the thoughts in our hearts. Many of us need someone to listen to us. We just want to be heard. We'd love to be listened to. And wouldn't it be nice if the person who was listening to us actually could make a difference? Well, there can be no greater simchan than knowing that the Melech Malchi HaMelochin is coming down himself and he's hearing our words and he's listening to the thoughts in my heart. He's there. He's paying attention to me. As if the, as if the President would call you up and say, "I'd like to hear what you have to say, please give me your opinion. Please tell me what you need." That's the Kaddish Baruch who every time we open our mouth into fila. Now, the extent of how powerful this is, that's to the extent that to us we are incredulous. How can it be? We, And because we don't believe it so deeply, we can't allow ourselves to live it and to feel the simcha, the tremendous happiness that would go with such a reality. So this is the simcha that accompanies all of these words of tefillah about how Hashem is the creator of the world and yet He's listening to me. The creator of the world is listening to me. He's focusing on every word that I say and not only the words that come out of my mouth but even the unspoken feelings in my heart. He hears them, he's listening to them, and he's absorbing them, and he's using them. A Baruch Hu has a use and a meaning for all of the thoughts in my heart and all of the words of my tefillah. A Baruch Hu makes out of them the building blocks of creation. He uses them to give light and holiness to all of the world. I am in such an important, powerful position as a Jewish woman. So there's nothing insignificant about the act of davening. It's an act of major importance. And even if I only ma- manage a little, to throw out a few words here and there throughout my day, or if I do manage to dab in a whole tefillah, or if every now and again I manage to take myself off to a holy place and I give myself a couple of hours really just to focus on my tefillah and inspire myself in the words of tefillah, all of it creates a simcha a, a within me that I'm zaycha to do this. And this is proper and appropriate that we arouse that kind of simcha within ourselves. This is another great source of simcha. So, so far we've discussed simcha that we are connected with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the simcha of newlyweds, and that Hashem has simcha with us and we have simcha with Him. We've discussed the simcha that if we need the Yeshua, we can turn to Kaddish Baruch Hu, that we've come to the right place. We've discussed the simcha that the Kaddish Baruch Hu listens to our tefillah and that we're engaged in something so important as giving holiness and light to all of the world. All of these can be tremendous sources of simcha to us. And of course, there's the simcha that through emunah and tefillah, we can anticipate the Yeshua that we're hoping for. Our Yashir is a reminder to us all that Bitachon brings Yeshua. As the Ravlevi Yitzhakmi Berdeshev, talks about the Kriya Tayyam, that this phrase, Oz, Yashir, we have to understand, he, said, he says it like this, that even then, even Oz, before they went across the sea, they were in a state of mind that they believed, Yashir, we will sing. Then, before they crossed the sea, they were in a state of anticipation that we will be singing a song of praise to Hashem. And when we approach this Az Yashir, when we approach the Shirah Hayam, and then we describe in great depth the Hashkacha of how Hashem, every single kind of Rasha that was within Mitzrayim, the greater Rishayim sunk right away to, uh, the, 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 I mean, the lesser Rashaim sunk right away, they had the easier death and the biggest Rishayim, they were jumped around in the sea and they had more suffering until they died, that the Kaddish Baruch Hu exacted exactly what they needed and so will also repay anybody who ever harmed us or wanted to harm us, exactly what, what's coming to them. And that we are going to experience all of the miracles of the, of the Kriyas Yamsuf, that, even, again, even if we don't have perfect Kavanah and we don't imagine all the details, but just when we say the words, our yashir that even before the yeshua took place they were prepared to be yashir that in the future they were going to sing it can the 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 sense that we even now before the yeshua has come we don't know when it's going to come we have to gird ourselves with patience but as yashir even now before the yeshua has come we're ready to sing and we're prepared to sing that song and we sing these words when we imagine these words and if we had the presence of mind throughout the, the 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 tefillah to focus on the words of uh, of saying how Hakadosh Baruch Hu uh, took us out of Mitzrayim, this is supposed to remind us that even if right now we are in a meitzar, we are in a painful situation, a situation where we where we feel broken, but Hashem will take us out, and we can anticipate that song. We can anticipate that song that we all going to sing the Ezra Hashem Yisbaruch. And that's a great simcha. That's a great source of simcha for us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world to reveal his Midos, L'Hikarei chanun V'Racham, to be called merciful and kind. And so, one, another theme that goes through the whole of our Tefillah is description of the Midos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as they are revealed to us. In the bracha of Krishna, we describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he alone, is marayim v'kaddai, he is above everything and holy. Poel, gavurais, HaKadosh Baruch does these mighty deeds. If we think something needs might and greatness and awesome power, that's who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. I say Khadashai. A Qadish Barakhu renews as we say over and over again, I'm Khadesh Batuva Cebraesh. There's a constant renewal of creation. Hashem is the Machadesh. It's not that we have to renew something, but a Kodesh Baruch Hu is constantly renewing. He's Aisa Khadashai. Hashem is constantly making news. Hashem turns things around in ways that we never would have would have would have, would have realized. Baal if we need someone to wage war on our behalf. If we find that we don't have anybody, if we think that we don't have who to fight for us, HaKadosh Baruch is the Baal Milchomis. Zeireah Tzedokis. HaKadosh Baruch is righteous. We're not living in a world that is corrupt. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu's tzidkis is a spread throughout creation. And when we tune into this means of HaKadosh Baruch we enable that means of his tzidkis of tzedakah, of, of righteousness, to spread throughout creation. Yeshua is <laughs> the Kaddish Baruch Hu, lit and allows all of the Yeshuas to sprout. Bayrei we need any kinds of Refuayi, A Kaddish Baruch Hu is that one who creates the Refuayi. Nairatahilais <laughs> says his praise goes on forever and ever and ever. The praise of a Kaddish Baruch Hu is echoing throughout creation. Hashemayim <laughs> Masahprim, that when we look at the heavens and we look at the sky and we look at the trees and the leaves and the, and the unfathomable details of creation, it's the praise of a Kadosh Baruch Hu that is echoing throughout the world. There's a tremendous simcha in Hashem's power, powerful revelation through all of this. Hashem could have given us a very drab world with no flowers and no taste, but a Kadosh gave us a beautiful world for us to experience simcha. Adoin hanif la'oi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the master of all wonders. Yeah, we see wonders. We hope for wonders, and we see wonders. And we anticipate wonders, and we hope for more wonders. And we need wonders, and we ask for wonders. And who, do we, who is the, Baal ha, 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 the The wonders? Who is the and the This is who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. When we know who he is, when we understand his tzidkis, how much he loves us, how, how we are his precious children. This is going to inspire us with happiness. And so in the second bracha of Krishna, Ahavas <speaking in Hebrew> Oilama an everlasting love you have loved us. Just to think those three words for a few minutes. You have loved us an everlasting love. And again, we know, we've learned, that if a year goes through his life, and doesn't necessarily feel loved. He doesn't feel Hashem's love so much for him. Explains in the Siva Shalom. That it's up to him. To be Mitzayar Beliboy. To be Mitzayar Mashrish Beliboy. Mitzayar He this year has to draw in his mind. And imagine in his heart. Godel Ahavasai V'kirvasai Hashem love. How much Hashem loved him and how close Hashem is to him. For and through this imagining, he will then arouse the midah of a down towards him, the midah of Hashem's love for us. The more that we allow ourselves during tefillah, to imagine, and this is the words of the Chazan Ish, to imagine how Hashem is close to us, listening to every word we say, this certainly will arouse a simcha within us, but it's also going to arouse that midah of Hashem's love towards us, and there will be that outpouring of love throughout our day, which will help us to feel more simcha throughout our day. In the phrase that we say right after Krishna, emes, the yatsiv, the nakhain, the kayam, the ahuv. This Torah, this way of life, this existence that the Kaddish Baruch has planted us within, it is good, it is settled, it is, we can receive it, it is all fixed, it is awesome and powerful, it's pleasant and nice, it is beloved, this way of life, it's not a, It's not a despised way of life. Even if the goyim or the secular world would look at a life filled of Torah and mitzvahs and they would say, what are you prisoners? What are you doing? But we know that we are attaching ourselves to eternity. We are making every single second of our life an eternal life. And the Rashaim B'chaye and Kurum Maseh, People who spend their lives with the Narishkaitan of the world, with the Avaris of the world, even in their lives they're called death because nothing that they're doing has any eternal value. And on the contrary, the Habs of have we with even seemingly insignificant a couple of words come out of our mouth. What is it, Sakakal? We might wonder what on earth are we doing? But we are establishing for ourselves a deep connection with a Torah, with a life which is all of these wonderful things, it is good and pleasant and nice and eternal and, 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 and beloved and, and adir, massive and huge. It is, it, it is a way of life that, is, that, that holds within itself all the good in the world that Akash Berchem made available to us. And every word of tefillah that we say can, this can inspire us with a tremendous simcha sachayim that I am living this life. I'm living a life that is good and established. And I mean, a person might live his whole life and say, did I ever do anything? Did I ever accomplish anything? And the answer is, with every single word of tefillah that we said, with every single moment that we turn to Kaddish Baruch Hu, we are giving holiness and light and power to all of the world. There's a story of a tanner who lived his entire life learning, teaching, doing mitzvahs, And it said that right before he died, he was given a glimpse of what he had achieved in this world and the ramifications, the eternal ramifications in the next world and in this world of all that he had done. And he looked and he said, all this? And I never knew and I thought that I was working for nothing. And the Mephoshim say on this, that to this extent, a Kaddish Baruch Hu hides in this world all the power of what we're doing the fact that we have such a hard time davening and the fact that we do find that we're blocked is only because the yay sahara has a vested interest in preventing us from being able to come and daven because it is so powerful really to feel that it's, a, it's a very pleasant mitzvah it doesn't demand outlay of great money it doesn't demand going anywhere especially for women as Ropinca said, that our homes, that we ourselves are a rishus HaYachid, as I love to say, that we ourselves have a, a, a direct line ourselves, even more than men do they need a minion in order to be there to feel it the same way that we can simply by ourselves. Because we are rishus HaYachid within ourselves, we have this rishus, this presence within us that Hashem is dwelling within us, and He hears our Tafilah in a different way than men do. So it's a very pleasant mitzvah. There's The only reason why we don't spend our whole days davening is because the Yitzhahara has fooled us into not believing in ourselves, not believing in the power of tefillah, and doubting Hashem's love for us. But once we do recognize the power of every word of tefillah, and how our own words themselves, that Hashem needs each of us if it was only the tefillah of great tzaddikim that gave holiness and light to all of the world, then there would only be a mitzvah for the greatest tzaddikim to daven. They would, they would gather the lamad Vav Nikim, the 36 tzaddikim in whose entire world is, is, is held, and they would be the ones who would daven for the rest of us. And none of us would have to bother davening. But that's not the case. There's a mitzvah for every single Jew, whoever he is, wherever he is. To, Davin, to Baruch, and Hashem wants to hear our tefila. So Hashem clearly has some use for the tefillah of each and every one of us, no matter where we are, no matter who we are. But in addition, Hashem loves us, and Hashem, as it were, cocks his ear to hear. He comes right down next to us and listens to the words that come out of our mouths and hegyan libi and to the thoughts of our hearts, and he answers. Our tefillah. Sometimes it's answered in a day. Sometimes it takes a week or more. We know some tefillahs we have to daven more, and some years some people have been davening and still have not yet been answered. And we know women who have davened for 30 years for children and were answered after 30 years. But we don't know how many tefillahs are necessary for the particular Yeshua that we're asking for. Moshe Rabbeinu davened on behalf of his dear sister Miriam, Five words when she was struck with saras with leprosy. He said, Ana Hashem, Please, Hashem, please heal her. Five words was the, was the extent of his tefillah. And that was answered. So we shouldn't view even short tefillah as, as, as not having worth. But even a short tefillah has great worth. Just a couple more interesting phrases again that can arouse simcha. Before we do a guided imagery on the topic, that we say over and over again throughout our tefillah that Hashem is soymech neiflin. We say this in Berakas Shachar. We say it in Shmoyna Esrei. We say it in a capital Tehillim of David Melatess in P'sukhi deZimra. We say it in in, in Ashrei. Why are we constantly talking about Knifelim? And the answer is, because we're constantly noiflim. We are constantly falling. There is no person who never makes a mistake. There is no person who never did an Avera and ever needed to be lifted up. And so we are constantly reminding ourselves that it's normal to fall, that it's okay to make a mistake, and that a Kaddish Baruch Hu himself supports the fallen. Even as we're falling, Hashem is helping us and He's going to lift us up again. That a Baruch Hu is not trying to trip us up and make us look like fools. But the Baruch Hu helps us to recognize what our limitations are in order that we should have humility. In order that we should come to Him with a brokenness. I can't. It's all about you, a Baruch Hu. And that we should have awareness of what is the job down here to fix up. If I never made a mistake, I would never know what I needed to improve in. And so I have to fall because those areas where I fall in are the areas of my avoider, where I have to work on myself, be maghidigadarim, help myself and and create new limits for myself so that I don't fall again. And this is my personal avoid in this world. If I never fell, I would never know what I needed to work on. Having said that, there's a tremendous simcha in knowing that I constantly have by my side a soymech. A support and a succor, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is always there for me, to lift me up. No matter where I fell and no matter how far I've fallen, Hashem is always there to lift me up. And again, this is another theme that goes all the way through to tefillah, to is, is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to lift us up. One last interesting phrase I want to call attention to is we say Hashem is Meimis Umechaye. HaKadosh Baruch Hu kills and gives life it would seem to us in the flow of how life goes that we live and then die. So why are we saying meimis um rather than chaye um And we have to come to the conclusion that even if we see ourselves as a mace, that, we've, that we're dead, that we have no, no uh, liveliness within us, that things seem to be over and done with, that there's, uh, that there's no hope. But Hashem is u Even if it looks totally hopeless, a Kodesh Baruch is still mechaye. There are many situations, wives with husbands who seem to be in hopeless, desperate situations, what, husbands who might be, be addicts, husbands who might be in depression. There's never a reason to say it's over, it's dead. Even if it appears that way even if it appears that it's gone there still can be life there is still life and I want to end with just a, 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 a phrase that a lady said to me recently she said if you think that you're being buried if it looks as if it's all over that you're being buried really you're just being planted okay it's a, it's a bit of an uh, interesting phrase you don't have to like it if you don't like it but the, the idea is clear here Sometimes it looks as if there is no more hope. It's over. It's the end. We feel like we've been buried alive. And yet, Umachaye, A-Kadosh Baruch is actually just planting us. That then it's, there's going to be a complete regeneration. There's going to be a new life that's going to come out of this. Just as the butterfly came out of that chrysalis. Just as that butterfly has got a new and entirely different aspect of life, an entirely different new creation that is way more beautiful and elevated than the life of a caterpillar. So, we might seem to be crawling down into the earth and have no hope, but a Kodesh Baruch Hu is planting a new life for us. Hashem is Matzmiach keren Yeshua. Kodesh Baruch Hu is giving us a new life through the planting will come out a new, a new wonderful and beautiful life. And we know that's going to happen. There's a promise that Mashiach will come, that the, that the, the, out, the offspring of Davat HaMelech will come back, and that when, when we daven we can look forward to our personal Yeshua's and the Yeshua's of all Kali Yisrael. And this is clearly a theme that goes throughout Safila of tuning into the future greatness and that will be that will be ours. We're going to do a little guided imagery now based on ideas that we've discussed. Before we do the guided imagery, ladies, anybody wanna ask anything or mention anything before we go, before we do the guided imagery? Okay, well, I thank you for being on the line, because even if you've been silent company, still knowing that you're there is always very nice. And so let's begin. Sit comfortably and close your eyes. Help yourself sit in a comfortable position. Your legs in a relaxed way. Your arms lying by your side. And focus on your breath how you fill your lungs with life-giving air and oxygen how that oxygen is transported all around every cell in your body and focus on how your lungs breathe out that which you no longer need within your body. The constant flow in and out of our breath is reminiscent of the constant flow of creation of the waves and the tide coming in and out, of closeness and distance to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have times where we feel closer and we have times where we feel more distant. And this is built into the human experience in our lives. And the purpose is for us to re-experience the simcha at those times of closeness and to feel the pain at the times of distance. As you breathe in, allow your breath to be more deep. And as you breathe deeply, allow yourself to become more and more relaxed. as you sit, allow yourself and your mind to take a walk. You leave the room you're in, the house you're in, and begin to walk down a path. Green grass lines the sides of the path takes you to a large, grassy bank, shaded by tall trees along one side. Wildflowers in shades of light purple and pale yellow grow around you. You watch the birds finding their nests within the trees above your head. You watch the butterflies alighting on the wildflowers near you. You walk around the grassy field, breathing in the tranquility, the freshness of the country air. Then you spot a comfortable deck chair placed conveniently in the shade of some of the trees facing the beauty of the countryside all around you. you sit down feeling the comfort of the chair and breathe in the peace and quiet that surrounds you. And as you sit you notice a siddha. You open the siddha and look at the phrases written in the holy language. The phrase noflen, who supports the fallen emerges from the pages of the Siddha, taking form before your eyes. Imagine to yourself times when you made mistakes, when your imperfections might have created a problem, and how Hashem saved the day. Feel a simcha, that you have on whom to rely. Now imagine the words, Yismach Hashem B'ma'asav. Hashem is happy with his creations. The words take form standing up out of your Siddur. And as you see these words, you feel the happiness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has with his creations in general, from Klal Yisrael and from you in particular. Allow yourself to feel the happiness that Hashem has in your creation. You turn the pages of your Siddur and the words Yismach Yisrael Be'oysav Yisrael is happy with its creator. Light up and take a form that brings it up and out of your Siddur. Allow yourself to feel the happiness Within yourself, together with Hashem who loves you, Think of the phrase "Vaani b'chastecha and I trust in your kindness. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. Ashir Hashem ki I will sing to Hashem, for He has bestowed goodness upon me. Feel your reliance on Hashem, anticipate the joy of the Yeshua, imagine the song you will sing of of gratefulness and thanksgiving. Now think about the idea and imagine to yourself that Hashem is listening to the thoughts in your mind and attuned to the feelings in your heart. Imagine to yourself that He is focusing on them and on the words coming out of your mouth. Imagine a dear, loving friend sitting near you, waiting to hear from you. Your dear, beloved friend draws up a deck chair next to you, looks into your face with love and care, wants to hear all that is resting on your heart. Your dear friend, who lifts up the fallen, who frees the imprisoned, who rescues the humble and helps the lowly. Your dear friend who helps his people Yisrael, who he loves, who is close to those who are brokenhearted. Your Hashem, your dear beloved friend, is here, now listening to you. Take a minute to express in your mind to Him all that you want to ask and say. You will hear my voice in one minute. Now you open the siddha again and you imagine how your mouth is mouthing words of a pasuk, words of tefillah. And as you open your mouth to say the holy words, a light comes out of your mouth circling upwards with a glow and a power. The light that comes out of your mouth shines upwards and you can imagine how Hashem is gathering in the light from your mouth, from the words of your prayers, that He is gathering them up and apportioning them out to the various malachim, to the various forces of goodness, of holiness, of light, of blessing. And you see light coming down. This light comes down and spreads all around the world, bestowing blessing, kindness, and love and you know that this light is one and the same that Hashem has used the light coming from your tefillah to bring blessing to the world take a minute now to imagine how this is happening as you mouth words of tefillah All of the light, all of the love, all of the listening slowly shrinks down to size and folds itself in between the pages of your Siddha or of your Tehillim, of a book of prayers that you identify as your own. Within its pages is the power, light and love that Hashem has invested within you. And as you sit in the deck chair, you know that this place of peace and communion with Hashem is open and available to you any time you want to come and visit. You take one last look around and then you stand up walking through the grasses as the butterflies flit around you, past the pale yellow wildflowers, towards the narrow path that leads back to the building and the room where you enter. Gradually, you allow yourself to come back to where you're sitting today. Your breath stays calm. And over the next days and weeks, you may find, as you open your mouth in prayer, that a feeling of happiness will enter within your heart. And you know that every gram of happiness that you experience in your tefillah will bring an additional measure of happiness throughout your days. When you're ready, allow yourself to open your eyes, come back and join us the friends together on the line. Thank you for being with me. Anyone want to say anything before we end for today? Appreciate you joining me on the line. I look forward to hearing from you all when you decide to be in contact. Be well. Calls. Bye-bye.